0: And use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy.
1: And welcome into the newest edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. The trade deadline is in full swing. We've had a couple of blockbusters and that no blockbusters actually happen so the biggest deal that occurs we're just going to call a blockbuster till it happens we have it covered over at fantasyalarm.com matt and i are teaming up on the mlb trade deadline tracker so you can see what we think about the deals as well as the fantasy spin and how it impacts your fantasy team. So Matt Sells at the Salesman helping with the deadline tracker, the prospect stuff that we're going to talk a little bit about today, as well as people making a lot of left hand turns. You cover it all and everything in between. So at the Salesman, it's good to be in here in the studio with you for the first time for today.
2: <laughs> yeah, a little inside joke. Uh had some... Some issues recording earlier. Uh, things are good here. I guess the blockbuster at this trade deadline is, is that there's not going to be a Shohei Ohtani deal. The Angels are keeping Shohei Ohtani, whether it be for the next two months or try to work out a long-term extension for him in a creative way, I guess, because it's not like they've got a lot of money laying around because they've already paid Trout 400 million and Rendon is just beach bombing it on 38 million dollars a year um so who knows but they're they're making a playoff push we saw them make a late night deal that i covered uh for the trade deadline tracker there they got lucas giolito overnight and ronaldo lopez who i guess is just an arm now like it is interesting that those two dudes get traded together both times they've been traded yep and they (laughs) they went from bc to chicago in the adam eaton deal and then they (laughs) they now go to go to uh socal so pretty interesting
1: and here's the thing angels are seven and three in their last 10 obviously right now they have a series with detroit so they at least things that's gonna help a little bit then they go to toronto so that'll be challenging and then atlanta so it's not like they're looking at this of like all right, we're hot right now. We got a good little run of games here. Yeah, because they don't after their Detroit. Their August
2: is rough. Have you seen their August schedule?
1: Well, I mean, it opens with the Braves, and they go to the Mariners, so they'll probably rack up twenty
2: strikeouts right. each then they game. Have there, like the Reds. I think they have the Phillies, the Giants. I think are on their schedule in August too. Like it's spent entirely in the National League, basically.
1: In August, and their American League ones are not the ones they want. So here, here, here's what they have. So, yes, you, may, you you said it right. They got Giolito and um, Reynaldo Lopez in August, coming off of their being buyers now because they think they have a chance. Right. In August, they go Atlanta, at Atlanta, versus Seattle, versus San Francisco, at Houston, at the Rangers, versus the Rays, home with the Rays, home with the Reds, at the Mets, at the Phillies. That's, That's-
2: gauntlet. That's
1: going to be tough for them. And
2: I just – Because they're playing every division leader in the American League and a couple of the wild card teams. And they're playing some division leaders in the National League as well between the Reds and Braves. And, like, I I just – I I understand it. It's it's one of – and we talked
1: about it on what seems like multiple podcasts and we even crapped on the Angels and the, the offseason and everything for it. But at what point – What makes them buyers? You have Otani, you have Trout. I understand you have two of the premier talents in the game, but you've had them for years and have only a couple more. You have nothing to show for it. Let's be honest; they have nothing to show for it. There's there's absolutely nothing there. So, like, what makes what makes this team the team to buy? Is it a final? Like, hey, Shohei, we'd love to keep you, and look, we're making this investment into the team to try to do it. To me, it almost seems like a a. a, pitiful attempt to try to keep Shohei beyond the season cuz what the way i see it is if he's going to walk you've now bought and sold pieces and now don't won't have Shohei potentially after this year so you sold the future and don't have your future
2: yeah so a couple things one i think we've got to give credit to their GM and their ownership to say, let's go for it for two months. Don't care about the next five years. It is what it is. Let's put the cards on the table now and go for it. And I think we got to give them credit for that to say, instead of being the woe is me angels, we're second fiddle in LA, let's go for it. Let's see if we can't make something happen. The other way to look at it is they either have, a framework of a deal in place that Shohei would like or Shohei said hey let's see what we can do here and if I like it then maybe I stay because like we all think he wants 600 million is it possible that he doesn't want 600 million that he'll take 300 million and a crap ton of endorsement money cuz he's making more in endor- way more in endorsements than he is in salary on the field. And that translates very well on the West coast. It translates very well in LA, which is a massive media market with a huge Asian following. Right. And he's been able to become what he's become with the angels. They know him. They like, maybe he's comfy there. Right. If he goes somewhere else, they have to learn his routine. They have to set things up for him. So like, Maybe there's that, but I do agree that if they don't make the playoffs and they don't keep Otani and then they don't keep Giolito because he is a rental, you know, right now is it a, is, I mean, Edgar Cuero is a good prospect. Sure. He's like just outside my top 100 in my latest update. He might move up a little bit uh, in the next one, but to be honest, Logan Ohop, coming back this year. And Tice could be a catcher or a first baseman. So he's a little bit blocked. So they gave up a guy that's kind of a piece they don't necessarily need with a weird profile, to be honest. And Kai Bush, he strikes a bunch of dudes out, but he's getting hit way harder at A than he should for what everybody's raving about him. So are they giving up? I mean, they didn't have much to give up in the first place. So maybe... I don't know. We'll have to see how this plays out. But yes, could is there a decent chance they wind up with egg on their face with not making the playoffs and then not keeping Otani? Sure, but we don't know what the conversations have been between Otani's group of people and the Angels. Maybe there's something in place. Maybe he went to the ownership and said, "If we make the playoffs this year, I'll sign for a hometown discount so you can keep things in place." And that, because it turned it it, like the first reports were they were going to listen, but probably not trade them. Right. And then the owner came out and said, well, we'll see where we are after the Toronto series. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the Detroit series, they go, no, we're making moves. Now we're turning into buyers. Something had to happen behind the scenes.
1: Yeah. And let me counteract my point a little bit too, just to, show that I have awareness and I can see both sides of the spectrum here, but you know, hindsight's 2020, right? Correct. Six months from now, whatever ends up happening with the season, they stink, whatever. Otani leaves for another deal. You know, that could happen. Absolutely. But if there's any inkling of hope that you think you can make a run or that he stays, you kind of have to do it. Right. I mean, here's, that's the other side. That's the other side of the pillow.
2: Here's the thing. There's a lot of teams that have been that are great for the long haul, the American League. But how many, if the Angels come in healthy, which all indications are that they could be with Trout and Otani healthy and theoretically Rendell, no, he doesn't really matter at this point, right? And if you write Lucas Giolito, I mean, you've got a pretty nice top three there and sandoval could do anything that's a pretty decent top four like if the rays don't add a piece are we fully convinced that they show up in a playoff series and do what they've done all season because after that record start they're like one game over 500 once the injuries piled up Mm -hmm. we've all talked about the the o's needing a starter right but even if they get one, are we fully convinced that their youngsters will show up in the postseason for the first time? I don't know. Yeah. So, like, once you punch a ticket, you've punched a ticket. Like, anything can happen. We've seen that before. Where the, the 115-win Dodgers or whatever get taken out three years in a row. Right? Or <laughs> the the Nats, who were dead 50 games into a season, get on a hot streak and Patrick Corbin pitches the month of his life and all of a sudden they're World Series champs, right? So I'm not saying it's it's likely to happen. They're going to have to leapfrog some people, but they're in it and they're going for it. So congrats to them.
1: And then just one last quick little point on this. How much do you think played into it in terms of the GM not wanting to be the person who traded Shohei Ohtani. You know what I mean? Like the story that comes with that and watching. Because I mean, think about it. Like even though it was a bad trade and Mookie Betts is not on the same level, but we still rip Boston for how like that occurred. And I know it's a little bit apples to oranges. I get it. But you know what I mean? Like going down as the guy who traded Shohei Ohtani.
2: I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit.
1: That's that's all an ego thing though, but that's all that it
2: really is. I mean, yeah. And if you watch the 30 for 30 on the 1983 NFL draft, you'll see the Colts GM Ernie, of at the time, it's like, I don't want to go down as the GM who traded John Elway. Right. Cause they knew that he was the best prospect in that draft and he didn't want to trade him. So is there ego? Sure. GMs have a lot of ego, but again, I, I'll point out that again, we don't know what happens behind the scenes. Maybe there's something in place or they're just hoping that buying these two months can get them a deal in place. Because now they have exclusive negotiating rights to try to lock up Otani. Or maybe they just hope that the gate receipts from a playoff run add to their budget and mm-hmm. you know, make it more feasible to extend Otani. I don't know.
1: Yep. Absolutely. That's all in playing. We'll talk a little bit more about the deadline here in just a little bit, but it's the second episode of the week. You know what it is. It's down on the farm with Matt Sells and Prospects. We're in a little sweet spot for these so-called prospects and everything because we have the MLB drafts. So there's the influx. Shortly thereafter, we now got the deadline, and that's the, these are the very valuable trade chips. Um, there are people too, but they are trade chips at the deadline here to see if teams can add talent. But before we talk about guys that could potentially be on the move and highlighting your prospect report this week that's over at FantasyAlarm.com, the Giants did bring up Marco Luciano, so what can fantasy managers expect from him, and is he a must-add in, let's say, 10 or 12-team formats?
2: I would say he's probably a must-add at this point. We're all hurt in the middle infield. Um, they didn't bring him up for no reason. He's going to get playing time. He's a top-20 prospect. Um, in fact, in my most recent rankings here, I will tell you that I have... Um, yeah, Luciano is about the fourth prospect for San Francisco uh, for me. So he's a little lower on my list simply because he he got off to a little bit of a slower start uh, at AAA this year, um, or AA rather, and then got called up to AAA and then lit it up. Um, but he offers he not, he's going to offer a, a nice combination of power – and speed, and his average is going to be excuse upon a little hit and miss. Um, it's it's nothing better than average in my opinion for his hit tool right now. Um, so we're looking at about a two seventy average or so. But the power and speed are pretty nice. He's got double plus power. He's got average speed. So we're looking at about a a guy who's capable of thirty home runs. And fifteen to twenty steals in the middle infield. That's not what he's doing this year. He's not gonna come up and hit thirty-five bombs in San Francisco in two months. That's not gonna happen. I'm saying at his all at his ceiling. Best at his ceiling, he's maybe a thirty home run guy with about fifteen to twenty steals, and then who knows what happens with the average.
1: And then with the deadline being here, I was gonna ask there's any notable prospects been traded thus far, but we kind of already broke down the deal that or the the, the grouping that went back to Chicago. So let me say this, because looking at the newest prospect report over at FantasyAlarm.com, which you all should be reading at this point and checking it out on a weekly basis, there are obviously big-name prospects in baseball. We've seen some very, very big names dealt in terms of prospect in the prospect realm. Even look at last year, look back at the Soto deal and see the, the pedigree of the, yes. the prospects that the Nationals got back. What about at this deadline? I know you highlighted a couple guys that you see could be on the move here at this particular trade deadline. But of some of those guys, who are maybe like the most relevant or or who do you have the most conviction will get dealt? Um, And obviously, like I said, you mentioned some in the prospect report, but feel free to expound on that a bit.
2: So I put Ronnie Mauricio in there. There's mixed reports as to what exactly the Mets are going to do. I'm hearing some rumors that they're going to, to trade their their rental pieces. But it's going to take an awful lot to deal Verlander and Scherzer, obviously. But then there's a sneaking suspicion of mine that Steve Cohen doesn't want to lay down and die for this season and that he might look to add if the, if the deal is right. And he's got some pieces. Now, Mark Vientos was in the piece, but he's not technically a prospect anymore, so I took him out. He could be moved. Ronnie Mauricio is a little bit blocked there, right? Because Francisco Lindor is there for like the next decade. And (laughs) Jeff, (laughs) um, and, you know, they've got some other middle infielders that are locked up for a few more years uh, as well. So I think Ronnie Mauricio, if the Mets are inclined to add a piece would be the piece move, but the two from the prospect report that I believe are most likely to be moved. One is Jake Eater left-handed pitcher for Miami because they are looking to add bats. Um, there's been some talk that they might look to add Tim Anderson uh, from the White Sox. There's some other talks about who else they're looking at. Uh, there's rumors that they're linked to the Yankees for Glaber Torres, um, which is interesting because apparently they just want second baseman on their team because like everybody's a second baseman. Um The other guy that I'm really kind of hoping gets moved is Michael Bush. Second base outfielder for the Dodgers, because I don't know exactly what he has to do to come up and make the Dodgers at this point, because he's been lighting things up at AAA uh, for the last 170 or so games. His combined slash line in that time, because he played 111 games there last year and 65 games there this year. Okay. So we've got a little more than a full season. At A, Michael Bush is slashing 281, 377, 514, with 36 homers, 141 runs, 138 RBI, and five steals. That'll play. That'll play. <laughs> Except, of course, for Dodger Blue. Because they called him up for like a split second to cover an injury and then sent him back down. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I don't know what it's going to take, because apparently he's blocked in both positions by Mookie Betts, I guess, is whats is what they're thinking. Because Betts is just going to go between second and, and and outfield all game. They're just going to play with eight fielders, and it's going to be Mookie Betts at second and outfield the whole time. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I think they could trade him, and it wouldn't even hurt their system, to be honest. He's like their number two prospect, and it wouldn't even hurt their system. They have like 25 dudes in my top 400, so. I think those are the two guys that I think are most likely to move that are notable. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Reds could do something. They have some interesting guys that could move who are blocked. The Red Sox, I think, are an interesting team to watch now because they're getting healthy. They're playing their best baseball, except for when they ran into a triple play on a pop out the center. Did you see that the other day? That um, flew out to center field, and the, that was the
1: eight, three, five, right?
2: Yeah, I don't remember who hit it, but it went to center field. Center and first, they the third first, and then they threw yes, it to yes, first. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. The little League World Series doesn't start till August. Boys, let's... <laughs> 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 let's settle it down here. Um, So the Red Sox are an interesting team to watch. I think the Giants are sneaky. I think they they could do a little bit of tweaking because that division is right there and their wild card spots are right there. So we cover a lot of, a lot of people in there. Obviously the two weeks ago, I wrote about trade packages for Shohei, which isn't going to happen anymore. So there's that. Yep,
1: Could see some prospects on the move. And the other thing to kind of note too, is some of these teams that are sellers, we may get to see some of their prospects come up. If they ship off pieces near the end of the season, maybe they call up. So keep an eye out on the prospect report over at fantasy alarm as well
2: as the rankings uh are you planning on updating them again uh i will after the trade deadline uh some guys might shift a little bit we'll have to see who graduates by that point because i think we have i already took eli de la cruz out because i i released it one day before he would have graduated so i just saved everybody the trouble and took him out that's um but i'm sure there'll be some other guys that have graduated obviously changed teams and with the change of teams uh they might change where they rank obviously in their system but then overall so yeah i'll have i'll have new rankings out
1: cool keep an eye out for that after the deadline as well from matt sells at the Salesman on twitter and matt going back to the deadline here just a little little segment here a little fun a little early winners and losers from the trade deadline we've only had a handful of deals thus far as we are recording which is thursday around noon time eastern um so From what I've seen in the beginning, let me just tell you this. I think my winner so far at the deadline, it's not even necessarily a team. I really like Tanner Scott the rest of the way in Miami. If A.J. Puck is going to continue to suck bars, Scott's going to get save chances. He is pitching phenomenal right now. I'm going to talk about him a little later in some of his numbers. He hasn't gotten the save chances yet and the skip there. The skip, the manager and skip Schumacher. So the skip, the big skip gave puck a vote of confidence. It, it, it's not there right now for puck. He, I don't know if he's in his own head. It's he's all over the place. Tanner Scott is going to get saved chances at some point And Miami brought over Jorge Lopez. I don't think he factors in the ninth inning whatsoever, the rest of the way. So for me, it's Tanner Scott. And then I also kind of think depending on what happens with Shohei again, hindsight's 2020, I think 29 teams not named the angels and MLB are winners because now they don't have to give up a, a heap of prospects for Otani and then have to pay him a ton. Again, hindsight's twenty twenty. I could look dumb with that, but if it's going to play out that way, many other teams won. And the biggest winner will be whoever got Otani without having to give up prospects. And that could end up being the Angels. So who knows? We'll have to see there. But Matt, kind of on those same lines, I guess I kind of led you in this one. So far, early winner of the deadline. I think it's the fans of the Angels. Look, look at us not even picking teams. Player and the fans of the team. I, I, think,
2: I think it's the, like it's too early to tell if the Angels actually want it. I mean, obviously, keeping Otani is a pretty good start. Getting some depth pieces. There's rumors they're talking to the Nats about Heimer Candelario because one Nats, third baseman wasn't enough. They want a second. There's a lot of
1: teams. There's a lot of teams sniffing around the Candelario waters.
2: Yeah, as a Nats fan, I would prefer the Nats just keep him and extend him because he's A, good, B, not going to cost you very much to extend him, and then it doesn't put pressure on guys like Brady House or Yohandre Morales, who you just drafted, or Carter Keboom to go find his stroke again. Mm-hmm. Maybe he wants to check further in the Atlantic Ocean. I don't know. I would prefer they just keep him, though. But i, I if you get a nice haul for a rental, what? <laughs> why not? Uh, but the Angels, the fans of the Angels are winners for me because they get to watch an actual playoff hunt Uh down the stretch with the best player on the planet still on their team probably the second best player getting healthy um and if they write Lucas Giolito it could be very fun in in LA, for the other LA team yes and
1: unfortunately for the angels fans i have the angels as a loser i understand banners fly forever i appreciate that they're going for it but and again, hindsight twenty twenty, but this could backfire massively. Like j- jobs on the line, potentially. It's this could get really bad. It's already gone downhill with Rendon. The pool host contract was brutal. If Otani walks in the offseason, it could be
2: really, really bad. Like, well, so I saw it one could tweet. be. I saw one tweet that said, This is their window now. These two months are their window now, so you go for it. If I get you let it. Let Otani go, or he walks. It's a five-year project either way, so you may as well go for it with Otani. And I respect that. No, I, I, I get it. I and just, if you happen to resign him, then it's not a five-year project. Then sure. you just have to draft better.
1: Yep. I'm going. Uh, I'm my pet. My pessimism or my yep. pessimistic nature at times is showing here. I'm going to go with the Angels as my early loser. How about? For you.
2: I'm gonna go with the Baltimore Orioles. Like, as of right they, now. Yes. As of right now, they made the Shintaro Fujinami deal. Okay. Just a just a bullpen depth piece, I guess. You missed out on an easily gettable rental starter that you probably needed. Right? You're not you can't tell me that you couldn't have beaten the Edgar Quero, uh Kai Bush return for Lucas Giolito from the White Sox. They're not sending you Dylan Cease because they've already shut that talk down. Lance Lynn is the next to go, but does anybody really want Lance Lynn right now? He's not fixable. So now your option is a busted chain Bieber, right? Or try to go pry somebody else from, or maybe Blake Snell, which is probably going to cost you more than you wanted than Giolito was. So I know they haven't made really a key move yet, but I feel like they're a loser because they missed out on the first, on setting the market for the first one. Now you've just got to outbid everybody who didn't get the first one.
1: Yep. I, I think you're right there. And then I'm going to throw one last quick winner. And before we go to the weekend streamers and a waiver wire preview here heading into the weekend, Noah Syndergaard has thrown three yeah. innings since June one for the Dodgers. And they were at least able, able to get, get Ahmed Rosario. I mean, I, it's great. For the Dodgers. I mean, I know Rosario's been bad this season, but Syndergaard wasn't impacting them at all the rest of the way.
2: so Healthy or not. So here's what I don't get about Ahmed Rosario. If you actually look at his peripherals from the last two years compared to this one, this year's peripherals are basically in the same area. The BABIP is close. Woba's close. Hard hit rate. You know, quality of contact all basically the same. The walk rate is higher than it was last year. The strikeout rate is lower than it was last year. The only thing that's not show- and his average is okay. The only thing that's not showing up is power. And now you're going to put him in the NL West where he could hit homers regularly and still give him a starting shortstop job. I think, I think fantasy owners are going to be very happy with him at Rosario down the stretch.
1: and, and bury him at the bottom of the order. So Correct. he gets pitches to hit. Yes.
2: He's just replacing Miguel Rojas, who's been yep. flipping terrible.
1: Yep. Rosario's going to be interesting down the and, stretch. And
2: the, I don't understand why that was the deal for that. You couldn't get more than a busted Thor who's owned yeah. like $30 million.
1: Yeah. Not good. Not good for for theirs but matt let's go ahead and rattle through some weekend streamers and a waiver wire ad so my streamer sunday against pittsburgh christopher sanchez of the phillies <clears> is going to go four percent owned on espn 30 percent owned on fan tracks has a sub one era on the road this year i know it's only 10 innings pitch but he's been pitching very well and p- the pittsburgh pirates when facing a lefty are yep. kind of the same alliteration or the same uh, analogy as used with carter out in the atlantic ocean trying to find a swing pirates are just flailing in the any of my Pokemon fans out there, they're just he, the Pirates are flailing in the box like Magic <laughs> against left-handed pitching. I know it's crazy. It's yeah. it, It's not I'm
2: good. So. The Maybe they should go check one of the other three rivers in Pittsburgh because it's apparently not in whatever one they looked at the first time.
1: Absolutely. So yeah. who who
2: who's your streamer? I'm going with a guy who just switched teams and leagues and got a better gig. Yanni Chirinos got DFA'd by the Rays and then got picked up by the Braves because of course he did. Uh, and he's going to start for the Braves on Friday against Milwaukee. He's 17% owned on fan tracks. Look, he's been shaky the last few starts with the Rays. But before that, he was pretty decent. And now he gets a team that's top nine in strikeout rates since June against righties, dead last in ISO. So they're not hitting home runs. Uh, they are bottom four in batting average against righties. And Chirinos is going to get a boatload of run support because the Braves just – they're like Big Al. They just hit dingers. Like <laughs> – so it's looking good for Torinos there. And real quick, my waiver wire ad is going to be Kevin Kiermeyer. Starting outfielder for Toronto hitting 275 with, five, with uh, five homers and 11 steals shouldn't be owned by less than a quarter of people on fan tracks.
1: And if you need relief pitching help, Tanner Scott is the one that you want. His save opportunities are coming. 37% strikeout rates – uh, this season sub 2.5 ERA, and then in his last 22 innings pitch, not only does he have 10 holds and a 1.01 FIP, but a 34-4 to strikeout-to-walk ratio. So those are your waiver wires, ads, your streamers. Head over FantasyAlarm.com for the prospect report, the MLB trade deadline tracker, and you can get access to the Fantasy Football Draft Guide when you start a seven free seven-day trial with any subscription, or you can get it for $26.99. FantasyAlarm.com is the place to be for everything that you need. Give Matt a follow on Twitter or an X, whatever we're calling it these days, at the Salesman. I'm at Colby R. Conway, and we will see you next week with the next edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast.